Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? cleanses us is the blood of Jesus Christ, which, you know, doesn't seem right when you think about something red like that makes us white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. What a beautiful thing and what a beautiful reminder. We are washed in the blood. But Jesus, the other thing about that is Jesus, his shining emanated from the inside out. It wasn't from the outside. You know, so many of us try to look good on the outside. And I'm glad you do. I'm glad you shower and do, put on makeup. I'm glad you dress. You know, it's a good thing that we all do that. But you know, I'm talking in just in a, in a bigger sense. We try to look good when really sometimes we just need to go to our Christian friends and say, you know what, I'm struggling. <laughs> you know, we need to be honest. But here's the thing about Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 verse 2, this, it says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And this is a prophecy of Jesus. And as a root out of the dry ground, he has no form of comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus was just a humble, plain-looking man. You know, he didn't look like the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He didn't wear the garb and try to look so holy. He was just a humble carpenter. That's what he came in the form of. And I love this, though, because when you realize what's emanating from out of Jesus, from his heart, from who he really is, it's coming from the inside out, not the outside in. Charles Spurgeon wrote about it in this way in his commentary. He says, This was not a new miracle, but the temporary pause of an ongoing miracle. The real miracle was that Jesus, most of the time, could keep from displaying his glory. For Christ to be glorious was almost a less matter than for him to restrain or hide his glory. It is forever his glory that he concealed his glory, and that, though he was rich for our sake, he became poor. Do you understand that's the greater miracle? That he didn't walk around all the time like this. Shining. Emanating like the sun. Think about that. And he made that sacrifice for you and me. But notice this. Jesus is there for a special meeting. A very special meeting. Verse 4. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. This is so amazing. One of the things, you know, I'll talk about in a little while. You know, I think this is pointing to something else in Revelation 11. But I would say this. Moses and Elijah are there. It doesn't delineate between the two. They appear the same. But know this. Elijah never died. He was taken up into heaven, remember? But Moses died. So how is Moses standing there looking the same? Well, I know God can do what he wants. But that's kind of my point. Jude, verse 9, says this. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring ac uh, against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So apparently God sent Michael the archangel to get the body of Moses. And uh, I have to say, I believe God won that battle, because God doesn't lose battles. 
He, he dispatched Michael to go get the body of Moses. For what reason? I think we're seeing part of it here, and I think it'll also be future. But know this. The other thing about that passage in Jude, I just want to bring this up, is, you know, Michael the archangel, the archangel, <laughs> notice he didn't rebuke Satan himself. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And, you know, I see so many people these days in certain churches and groups that claim they have the power over Satan and the devil and over demons and their name it and claim it and they're, you know, going after Satan and they say they're going to fight him and Satan fears them. Stop. Satan doesn't fear you or me. The demons don't fear you and me. Just as Jesus, the light emanated from inside of him to the outside, the only one they fear is who is in us. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Demons and Satan don't fear you and me. They fear our king. And so the Lord rebuke you is a great standard. And know this, we, we don't name and claim anything. It's God's will and purpose for our lives. If it is God's will and purpose for our lives, he will answer that prayer. But we don't, we don't yield God like he's the force in Star Wars. We don't yield God like he's some power. We yield. We are to submit to him. He does not submit to us. But I think this is a, a good reminder when we are in spiritual warfare and we're struggling with things. Submission and obedience is far greater than trying to declare your power and my power because Jesus is the power. Greater is he that's in you. Too many people get this backwards. But in going back to Revelation 11, I want to say this. We see Moses and Elijah here. And I believe personally, you don't have, and again, you're open to your own, you know, your own belief on this and it's future events. We don't know until they transpire. But, you know, we see in Revelation 11 these two witnesses. We know the Bible prophesies that Elijah will come before the second coming of Christ. We'll see more of that today. But also, we know there will be two witnesses who preach on the streets of Jerusalem. And then, after they're done with their mission, God will allow the Antichrist to kill them. And this is parenthetically, I just want to say this. Think about this for a second. The scripture tells us that the whole world will be able to see those two witnesses preaching on the streets of Jerusalem. The whole world will be able to see them crucified and the whole world is going to see them rise from the dead. If you think about the technology before satellite television and the internet, this was not possible. But the whole world is going to see it. Not only that, it says they send each other gifts. The, these two witnesses in Revelation are only dead for three and a half days, and it says they send each other gifts in celebration all over the world. That wasn't available until the last 50 years with UPS and FedEx and all this stuff, and Amazon, my favorite way to purchase, because I'm an introvert and I don't like to go to stores, but, you know, that's a therapy session. So, But seriously, we're living in those days which all of this is now possible. But not only that, these two witnesses in Revelation, they do the exact same miracles that Moses and Elijah did while they were alive on the planet. So that's my own opinion. Take it for what it's worth. But we see for sure that Moses and Elijah are here on this mountain with Jesus as he is transfigured, as he emanates the light from within. They're there with him, meeting with him for some reason. But then look at this, Mr. Roller Coaster. Peter never lets us down, does he? I love that Peter's in the scripture. He just really helps me. Verses 5 and 6, look at this. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. You can just hear how excited Peter is. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. Now, I think we've all been in this situation before. <laughs> you know, where we don't really know what to say. We're kind of scared or intimidated, and something just comes out of our mouth. It reminds me of a story, and I have to tell you, my wife gave me permission, just so you know, I can tell this story. My wife gave me permission. I won't be in trouble. 
But, you know, years ago, um, I was a manager in an electronics company. We did all sorts of uh, commercial electronic repair and satellite stuff and all this. And uh, one of the things we did is we worked on these large buses. And um, I got a call from the fairgrounds that a tour bus needed to be fixed. And so I went down there. And it was Willie Nelson's tour bus, okay? And don't worry, I... You know, I made sure the windows were open when I was working on that bus. <laughs> For those who know, they know. So, but Willie was really nice to me, actually. He was really nice to me. He was kind to me. And uh, I worked on his bus. It was about four hours of work. Got everything working. He was really thankful. And again, like I said, I got to hang out with Willie Nelson. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, but he was, he was pleased with the work, and he was just so nice. And he, he said, how many people work at your company? I told him, he says, I'm giving you enough tickets for them, their spouses, their family, and, uh, and backstage passes for everybody. So you can come backstage next, uh, tomorrow night. And I said, oh, thank you. Um, and so we all went to this concert. It was just great. And uh, we go to the backstage thing afterwards and good food, hanging out. And I bring my wife up to introduce her to Willie. And, and I said, uh, this is my wife. And she looks at him. She goes, you're Willie Nelson. <laughs> and he looks at her and he goes, well, thank you, dear. I know that. <laughs> and then he looks at me and says, now I see how you got her to marry you. <laughs> and I was just like, I think we've all been in situations like that, though, when we don't really know what to say. Maybe not with Willie Nelson. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I love, though, that Peter just is always trying. You know, because I think we can all relate. And I just love his heart. You know, and I'd rather have a church full of people who act like Peter and who are growing and learning than a church full of Judases that seem like they have it all together. But this is what Spurgeon said. He said, Peter was open-hearted, bold, enthusiastic. To my mind, there's something very lovable about Peter. And in my opinion, we need more people like him in the church of the present day. Though they are rash and impulsive, yet they are, there is a fire in them. And there is steam in them. And so they keep us going. Ah, uh, so true. But still, poor Peter. <laughs> He's running around. Now, I, don't, I think these are probably tabernacle, tabernacles, uh, for, probably similar to the Feast of Tabernacles. I don't think it was during that time, I think, but it could have been close to, who knows. But he's wanting to build them, these tabernacles. He, he doesn't know what to say or do, and so he's just running around, and he's just trying to say or do something. You know, and that can be, that's a real mistake, even for us as believers. But one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln is this. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. But isn't that true? It's okay to just keep our mouth shut. You know, many times when you don't know what to say, it's okay. It's okay. And sometimes even in the church, it's okay when we don't know what to do next. It's okay to stay silent and to stay calm and to just seek the Lord and just pray. I've seen too many churches, too many people in ministry who just have to stay busy. It's that works mentality. I just have to do something. I have to stay busy. We have to do this. We have to do that. And they just start throwing things out there, never asking if that's what the Lord wanted. Another Abraham Lincoln quote I love is, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Guess what? That should be the way we live our Christian lives. That's the way we should do church. We should seek the Lord in prayer, in fasting, Seek Him in His Word. He gave you His Word for a reason. Seek Him. Wait on Him. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.